Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Lottie Carr and Maggie Nelson. Lottie and Maggie are members of the Center for Global Initiatives team here at the Darden School of Business, and I recently connected with them to talk more about global residencies. These are week-long trips open to our executive MBA and a global executive MBA format students here at the Darden School of Business. So if you're interested in learning more about the global component of our executive MBA program, this episode is essential listening. So without further ado, here's my interview with Lottie Carr and Maggie Nelson. Lottie? Maggie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right, it's great to have you here. Um, how are you doing at, at this time? Lottie, how is everything? Everything is actually really great. Uh, this is a wonderful time of the year. We have a one class still in session, but the second class is coming in and it's building up the excitement and I'm getting excited wisdom. So this is, I love this time of the year because we're getting the introductions, the LinkedIn posts, you know, with the 2025 on it. Love it. So this is my very favorite time of the years is the new excitement of the class coming in. Yeah, you know, it's almost time to start school when we send out the global residency preference survey. So there you go. We we sent that out to the class and starting to get some of those responses. Excited to see where people are interested in traveling uh, in the world. Um, Maggie, how about how about for you? How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you, Brett. And I have to definitely piggyback off of Lottie. Um, we are super excited to welcome the new class of part-time students and executive MBA students. Lottie and I will be traveling down to Charlottesville to see them soon in just a few weeks. So at the same time, we're also planning and perfecting the uh, global courses that are coming up this fall and fast approaching. So lots of exciting things. All right, Maggie, you're new to the team and, and our, our listeners have not heard your voice before. Lottie's been on here a few times. So tell us a little bit more about you, uh, your background, um, how you got to Darden. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm originally from the Washington DC area and love this area. And I'm really excited that um, Darden now has a fantastic um, foothold in the DC area. And my background is in higher education, working with graduate students, but also in international um, education and adult learning. So I'm super excited to kind of bring those two worlds together in a business school context and, and get to know the really impressive students that we have here and give them some awesome global experiences. And so how will you be supporting uh, the students in your role? Yeah, so I, Lottie and I work very closely together um, planning and iterating and improving all of the global residencies and other awesome global programs and experiences that students can take part in here. Um, and I will be around in person at SANS Family Grounds to meet and chat with students. So I'm really excited to meet uh, our incoming students and our current students when I'm uh, in the office. So that is uh, also an exciting part of me to be able to interface with students. Well, Lottie, you've been a repeat guest here on the podcast, so our longtime listeners will recognize your voice, but I'm sure we have some new folks who haven't yet had the opportunity to meet you yet. So tell us a little bit more about you and, and your role here at Darden. Yes, so I have been at Darden for eight years uh, in this current role. Um, absolutely love my job. So you will see it on every hashtag uh, on my LinkedIn post. It's love my job. and. Uh, 
I work uh, very closely with Maggie. As she said, we working on the global residencies and other global experiences. And uh, what I what I really enjoy about um, our students and Darden, it's that really amazing group of people that we meet and we get to take them around the world and seeing the change in their eyes, seeing the experiences they have and then seeing the a change that they have going through the global experiences. So that is really wonderful uh, to see. And some of our, our listeners may wonder where, where are you from originally? Um, so uh, tell us a little bit more about your backstory. Yes, my backstory, it's the where are you from, from, from. I am from Czech Republic, originally uh, born and raised. Um, and I moved to the United States uh, about 30 years ago. All right. Well, um, Lottie, tell us a little bit more about what a global residency is. Uh, oftentimes, we, we just use this terminology and assume that prospective students understand what we mean when we say global residency. But how would you explain a global residency to someone who's just learning about the program? So Global Residency, it's a week-long elective course that is taught abroad. We have currently a 10 locations where we take our students. Um, global Residency starts usually on Saturday, finishes on Saturday. Um, and we, when we are traveling to these different international locations, uh, we meet with uh, speakers, uh, community leaders with um, business executives. We visit different companies. We have some cultural events, but most of the time, one of my professor had described it as a business trip. Think about when you go on a global residency, it would be like going for a week-long business trip. In the morning, you have meetings. In the afternoon, you may visit a company floor. And in the evening, you may have a at dinner with the executives. So that's what we do for about a week in each location. All right, for folks who are just orienting to the program, we have two executive formats within the executive MBA program. We have an EMBA format and a GEMBA format. The key difference between these two formats is the number of required global residencies. These are week-long trips, as Lottie mentioned. EMBA format students are required to participate in one week-long global residency, but they do have the option of adding additional global residencies for an additional fee per residency. GEMBA format students, this is the max global option at the Darden School. Students have the opportunity and are required to participate in four global residencies. Uh, everybody's part of the same program, all in the same class. You wouldn't know who's an EMBA or a GEMBA student unless you walked up to a student and asked them. Uh, and they're all traveling and really kind of on the on the same trips together. So on a global residency, you're going to have an embassy, you're going to have a group of EMBA students, you have a group of GEMBA students, all part uh, of that overall travel travel group. Um, as Lottie mentioned, there is some choice here. We asked students, uh, mentioned the Global Pre Residency Preference Survey. We asked students prior to matriculation, tell us where you'd like to go, choose from this menu, and then we inform students uh, during the first week of school of their global residency location or locations in the case of the GEMBA format students. Um, Maggie, I know, I know you're new here, um, but as you've learned about the global residencies, what's been exciting uh, to you just to sort of think about the experience that students are going to have? Yeah, thanks, Brett. What's exciting to me is that the Center for Global Initiatives here at Darden is offering really diverse and very dynamic options for its global residencies. We have global residencies in South America, Europe, 
the Middle East, Asia, Southeast Asia. I think it's so incredibly important that we offer such a range of experiences and options for students. Um, and it, I highly recommend that students think outside the box a little bit and maybe go on a global residency to a location where you may not have originally thought about going to. Um, so I think that's that's something that's really a unique and exciting opportunity that we we really make an effort to go to so many different regions of the world. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible list. I always have a lot of envy for our students uh, when the list finally comes out. Locations change every year. Um, so, but there are some locations that pop up more more than one time. Lottie, it's an exciting time. We resumed travel, uh, and I guess in fall of 2021, pause things for the pandemic, and we've certainly been back running global residencies now uh, for a while. Are there any recent trips that jump out to you? Any recent global residencies that you would want to highlight here? Uh, the very recent for me was a global residency to South Korea where the students went to Seoul and Busan. And it's one of these locations where probably not too many people have it on their bucket list, but the students who went, they absolutely loved it. Think about um, Korean barbecue, K-pop, think about LG, Hyundai, all the different companies that you may heard of, but maybe you don't know that they are actually Korean companies. So it's an amazing location, um, wonderful residency. And what I really love about it, it's not the one that it's on everybody's bucket list. So, and this is what Maggie said, and I would 100% recommend uh, think outside of the box. Maybe don't go just to the place where you can go for family vacation. You can go there anytime, but maybe go somewhere where you would not go on your own, but we will take you there and introduce you to the business leaders and um, uh, interesting people overall in that location. Yeah, I'm thinking of some of the other locations that I've heard and talking with students. You know, we've had groups go to Australia recently. I had a group that just went to Germany. Uh, Morocco, Spain. Uh, any highlights you would want to share from any any of these trips? Australia photos always look incredible. I think there's a trip to a beach involved uh, with that. Of course, that. yes, yes. There, there is a trip to Turkey to a Bell's Beach, which is a very very famous surfer beach. And the reason we take students there is because we meet with the executives from Rip Carl. So if any of you listening are surfers you will know the company because this is a hardcore surfing company and we meet them at their headquarters in Turkey, which is outside of Melbourne. And we go visit the beach where they started, where they started with surfing first and then designing their boards and attire. So uh, Australia, it's absolutely a fantastic global residency. Next year, we actually will be going to Perth which is on the west coast of Australia, and we will go into Sydney. In Sydney, we meet um, inside of the Sydney Opera House. We meet with the director of the Australian Ballet. Uh, we meet with the Clondra Foundation in Perth. Amazing, amazing experiences, which again, most of you probably won't be able to do it on your own and definitely not within a one week. And that's what I think it's the huge value of the Darden Global Residency, that we take you to places and introduce you to people and companies 
that you won't be able to meet without this experience. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think you shared previously that the, the frame for these trips is what it's like to do business in the country, with the country, and, and for the country. Um, those are kind of the sort of key questions that help orient the trip. And a lot of people will ask sometimes, are you working on a consulting project? Is there some sort of like client type deliverable? And, and there's not, right? As, as you've noted here, uh, the focus is really kind of immersing in the location and getting a feel for what business looks and feels like in that location. But it is very much a, a business trip. Um, Maggie, uh, oh, go ahead, Lonnie. Yeah. Oh, no, it's it's a very much of a business trip. And what we like, our, our global residencies don't have themes. You may be heard from some of other schools that they have themes going on uh, these uh, global experiences. We don't because our student population comes from all the different industries. And we really try to introduce you to a broad range of industries and experiences in the location. So that's why we don't focus on just one thing in location. And of course, when you go to a location, each country has a some little specific bend and you will feel it because that's what is the main topic in the country. But we are trying to introduce you to really all the different industries, companies, big and small, uh, startups and multinational companies. So it is truly a broad range. For folks who are wondering when these trips occur, they occur in defined travel periods over, over the course of the program. Uh, the first travel period is after quarter three or about six months into the program. Uh, the second travel period after quarter five or about 10 months into the program. Uh, the third travel period after quarter seven or about 14 months into the program. And then the final travel period after quarter nine, 18 months into the program. And there's concurrent trips that are occurring during these travel periods. So maybe two trips, three trips in, in some instances, um, and students going uh, in, in different directions, uh, depending on if they're participating in a trip or, or not. If you're not traveling uh, during one of these travel periods, you're not going on a global residency, then you have you have a week off. Um, so we're looking ahead uh, to the next travel period after quarter seven. We've got some trips on the horizon, uh, global residencies upcoming. Uh, Maggie, um, any, any particular global residency you're looking forward to? Oh, gosh. We have um, three great global courses that are running this fall. All really exciting. One to Helsinki, Finland, and Tallinn, Estonia. Um, that'll be really interesting, especially in light of kind of recent news with, with Finland joining NATO and everything. I think that is a fantastic uh, course that we've run before and it's it's always highly praised by students. Um, there's also a group who will be traveling to Milan and Genoa, Italy um, this fall. And that's uh, with one of our Italian faculty members who really knows um, what's going on on the ground and is gonna be introducing student, students to some incredible um, kind of Italian companies there. We also have another global residency this fall that is going to Buenos Aires and Mendoza, Argentina in South America. And I think that again, be a really awesome opportunity for students to gain exposure to kind of the unique context of, of business and the economy and what's happening in, in Argentina right now. So three very exciting global residencies upcoming. Um, yeah, Lottie and I are in the weeds right now with, with really making these come alive and we're excited. They're all very, very popular locations. Um, Lottie, I know you have a special connection uh, to Finland. Uh, you actually spent time there as a 90-day Finn, so the program is called. Um, 
anything you would want to highlight about about these upcoming global residencies or potentially trips after after quarter nine? Uh, Maggie said uh, very well uh, that all these three are very very popular locations, uh, really different, and students enjoy them very much. I would highlight maybe the residencies that are coming right after that, which is in the winter of 2024. And those will be Vietnam and Israel. Again, our repeat uh, locations uh, for our global residencies, very popular. Uh, Israel is run by uh, the dean of the program, which is Yael Grushka Kokain, who is Israeli. And uh, to Vietnam, we're going with uh, a professor Mark Modica, who has been there a couple of times, who is very well versed in anything Asia, who also runs our South Korea location. So uh, both of them really interesting and great uh, places to go. Um, those uh, residencies that I just mentioned, those are available for uh, in initial sign up for our Gemba students but the MBA students can sign for them as their second residency. And as Brad knows, I always say, most of our students eventually sign up for a second residency. We always hear, I can't do it, don't have time, not possible. And then after they go on the first one, they're like, Laddie, where is a space I would like to go? So just be ready, get your family ready that most likely you will do more than one. Yeah, and for those of you who are wondering, okay, all right, you got these two formats. When do I have to actually choose uh, which format I'm going to be? Um, interestingly enough, you apply to the executive MBA program. You're not applying to a particular format. You indicate in your application what format you're interested in. Uh, you're thinking about EMBA, GEMBA, both, but that's not binding. That's just information for our admissions committee. If you're admitted to the program and decide to accept your offer, it's at the time of accepting your offer, submitting the decision notification form and paying your deposit that you actually choose your format. But as Lottie will tell you, uh, there's more fluidity to this. Uh, as you get into the program, let's imagine you start as an EMBA student, you travel in that first travel period after quarter three, and you discover, gosh, I really love this. I want to travel more. If you travel on four global residencies, you will earn the GIMBA designation. And if you start as a GIMBA student, you get into the program and you find that you just can't travel four times and you need to sort of take a step back, that's no problem. You can always shift uh, to EMBA. So yes, we do ask prior to matriculation uh, what, what your format uh, will be, um, but there is some fluidity once, once you get in, into the program. And as Lottie um, often notes, uh, if you're looking uh, to travel more than once, you really should think about being a GIMBA format student body. I, I've heard you share that advice with students. Any any particular reason for that? I know you're a big GIMBA champion. I, I love all students the same. And the GIMBAs, I just see them more often. And what I would say is, if you sign up for the GIMBA format, you get a preferencing uh, right away for all four travel periods. That means you will have a priority when it comes to choosing your locations. Um, also, you will see how you can start building up on the experiences. When you go into your first global residency, because they run in a very similar format, it's just that in a, you are in a different locations. So let's say that you will go to Morocco as your first global residency you know, in February, and then you will be going to Australia. And you will be saying like, oh, 
we met some indigenous people in Morocco, and now we are meeting some leaders of indigenous people in Australia. And what is the difference and how the different countries are, you know, treating or working with the indigenous population. And you start building on these residencies. And what is absolutely amazing, it's when you when I see the students going on more than one, how they start referring to their previous experiences and start talking about, oh, you know, we when we saw this in Spain, then we went to some other location and we saw something similar, but they do it slightly different. And it's so interesting to really see how the same thing could be done differently. It just depends where you are and it really opens your mind to different options, different way of thinking. And so I highly recommend that you consider Gemba you don't need to, but consider it. And if you ever have questions, Brad has my number. That's right. It's a rare person that uh, asks to speak with Lottie and does come back as a Gimba format student. Uh, amazing, her, her conversion uh, rate. And, and for those of you who are wanting sort of practically what all this will mean, Ember versus Gimba, in terms of days out of the office over the 21 months of the executive MBA program, uh, Emba is about 35 class days out of the office. Gemba is about 50 class days. That's uh, five zero class days out of the office. Although um, to Lottie's earlier point about time, like once you get into the program, your life and, and commitments will adjust to being in an executive MBA program where you're working while doing school. And so you may actually find that you have more time uh, than you think when you're on the outside looking in, sort of thinking about your life as it currently exists. Uh, the other thing to sort of be to be mindful of as you're kind of comparing these is that there's a bit of a tuition uh, different tuition and fees differential between the, the two programs as a result of the three additional global residencies uh, for Gamma format students. Currently, the global course fee uh, for the global residencies is around five five thousand dollars, and so uh, the spread between Emba and Gamba in terms of tuition fees is about fifteen thousand uh, dollars. But in the grand scheme of things, I think most students would tell you uh, this is a terminal degree experience. It's the last major educational experience you'll have in your life. Why not go and do and see as much as you possibly uh, can? Um, so Maggie, uh, we have a number of exciting locations for the Executive MBA class of 2025. That'll be the class that starts this August. Uh, we announced them just a couple weeks ago. Um, students, we've started receiving uh, global residency preferences uh, from them. Yeah, what would you want to share about the locations for the class of 2025? Yeah, thanks. I, I might have to refer to Lottie on this a little bit. Um, some of the locations that we've already mentioned earlier, I think will also be uh, offered again in the future. But Lottie, please jump in and remind me if I'm, I'm forgetting some other new locations coming up next year and following. So the ne next year for the class of 2025, and Maggie is completely right, we have some repeats and some new ones. Um, we start with Morocco and India. Um, so you have to choose between Morocco or India. Then in June, we will be taking our students to Australia, South Korea or Germany. Um, in October of 2024, uh, we will be traveling with students to Italy. Argentina and Finland, Estonia. Those are together. So Finland, Estonia, it's the combination where we actually visit um, both countries during that one week. And as I mentioned at the end, uh, we uh, uh, the last travel period uh, for our group is Israel and Vietnam. All absolutely 
fantastic vocations. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible uh, list. And um, one of the things for our listeners to know, you may be wondering, do all these trips happen? Does it, all the all the twelve all the ten global residencies occur? And that's where demand comes in. Um, we have to have a critical mass of of students to actually be able to go on these trips. So, for example, uh, this past year with the class of twenty twenty four, there were three trips that were planned for the travel period. After quarter three, uh, Chile, Morocco, and Spain. Unfortunately, there wasn't quite enough interest uh, for Chile, uh, but there was enough interest in, in Morocco and Spain for those uh, global residencies to take place. And so demand does play a role, but Claudia, my sense is that probably as long as we have about 20 to 25 students or, or so, um, we'll go on uh, this, go on a global residency. Is that, a, is that a fair number? How do you help students understand about what constitutes a critical mass? Yeah, the critical mass at, at 20 students, it's it's a it's absolutely go. Uh we run a couple of residencies with slightly less number, but of course we just cannot, even for your own experience, we will not run a residency that is less than 10 people. And if that would happen first, if that happened right at the sign-up and we see that the interest is very, very low we gave those students option to sign up for a different location. And if that happens later, um, again, we will let the students know and they will get a priority in assigning for additional locations. So no worries, definitely sign up for something that you are absolutely passionate and you would like to try. And you probably will find like-minded people being with you in the same group. So, Lottie, how does the program go about choosing the locations? We talked about there's sometimes new locations added. There's some locations that we've gone to multiple times. How does the program and Center for Global Initiatives uh, come up with the global residency locations? We are trying to go to a different continents, um, different strategic locations when it comes to our own school, our alumni base. I, our connections to business leaders, to um, a co community uh, speakers. So um, often if a location works really, really well, and I will use Australia as one of them. Australia, our professor that runs the Australia Global Residency is Australian. He loves showing his country. He absolutely will take you everywhere and you will meet all his friends because when you are with him in Australia, he just knows everybody. Um, so yes, we keep Australia. Well, other locations, maybe there is not as much interest. So we try to replace them with a different location. But as Brett mentioned and Maggie before that, we're trying to go to different continents, um, seeing what are our alumni base and where we can get the best experiences uh, for you when you travel. And when Brett mentioned the cost, think about for a week, in a wonderful hotels with a meals provided, with everything arranged for you, with guides, with the local guides who speak the language, everything for $5,000. I think that's a really good deal. Yeah, for folks who are thinking about the, the cost of this, um, you just have to get yourself there, right? So what's not included in, in, in the uh, program fees, uh, the global residency course fee, is travel to and from the location, but all your travel while you're there related to your participation in the global residency as Lottie mentioned is, is included. Um, so some locations are a little bit more expensive than others in terms of traveling to it, uh, to, to them, but nevertheless, um, an incredible experience and 
you know, most of the students, one of the things I've heard pretty consistently from them, they talk about kind of getting outside of their everyday reality and being a little bit more separated from things allows them to really kind of focus on what they're doing in that location, spending time with that group of people. Some pretty tight uh, relationships come back from, from the global residencies. Um, Maggie, um, I, I imagine you probably had a chance to connect with some of the students who are post-global residency. What, what do you hear from them? Yeah, absolutely. I think the connections that you build is huge, as you mentioned. I also think it's really wonderful to see how long global residencies like resonate with students for years to come, even after they've graduated from Darden, they're back, uh, you know, full time in their in their work or moved on to a new a new role. How they keep coming back to what they learned and experienced uh, during their global residency is is really uh, impactful and powerful. And I will say for those who work in international education, that is really hard to do in one week. And we we do manage to do it. We manage to offer a really enriching and impactful experience um, in a pretty short period of time. So um, I think it's definitely something everyone should should really try to participate in at least one, if not more than one while they're here. All right, well, Lottie, any, any, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to add what Maggie said. I recently, I came back to Darden for a reunion and uh, I saw a class of 2018 that traveled with me for a global residency. And it was so much fun hearing them to talk about their experiences and still mentioning, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And still people grouping in the five years after Darden, grouping by the places where they went together for global residency. So it is pretty amazing. And as Maggie said, sometimes it's really hard to do it in, in one week, but somehow at Darden, um, you go for a global residency and it will stick with you for life. Well, Lottie, I wonder if you have any final advice for our prospective student listeners, uh, something that you would encourage them to consider as they consider their own MBA journeys. First, apply to Darden. For sure. <laughs> and then after you talk with Brett Tweedy, then talk with me or Maggie about your global experiences. Because I think that if Darden differs by anything, if we are different from any other school, it will be the case method and our global program. The strength of our global program, I can say for sure, it is the differentiator from the other schools. Yeah, just the amount of choice that you have, the number of locations. And I, I, just on a historical note, as a, as a program, uh, go back in time when I first joined Darden, uh, originally all the executive MBA students went to one location, just one location. Everybody went to the same location. Gemba was structured differently, but there were four locations. Uh, then we combined the two uh, formats into one program. And then there were four global residency locations that students had an opportunity to participate in. And now they're you know ten or or so locations. So that's been a steady uh, steady uh, growth over over the seven eight years that I've been here. Um, and we've never had more global choice. And it's just great to see the students really respond to it and come back from these trips and all the side trips and interesting things that they did while they were there. You know, global residency is one piece of it, but it's pretty common for people to arrive early or stay late, go see another another location, another country. Um, spend more time in the location where they were uh, for the global residency. Because some of these locations, I mean, if you go to India, you go to Australia, you go to Vietnam, South Korea, 
you're pretty far. Uh, so why not, you know, take full advantage of that? So, um, all right, Maggie, uh, any, any words of advice for, um, for our prospective student listeners? Gosh, I don't know if I have any words of advice per se, but again, just to really pitch the global residency, I, you know, you all have heard a lot about Darden's case method um, in the classroom, which is its own really engaging piece to how, how learning is done at Darden. But I think when you go on a global residency, it's not only applying business principles in the real world, but applying business principles in a totally foreign context, in a unique cultural context. And that is that is a different ball game altogether. And I think it's really gonna push your, your ability to adapt and innovate and think critically in a whole new way. Um, so I think it's, it's a really important opportunity and awesome opportunity that that Darden can offer. So come come join us on a global residency for sure. All right, Lottie, I'll give you the last word here. Anything else that you'd like to add? I wanted to jump in after you were mentioning um, the global residencies and everything that happens there. One thing that I would like to also mention, uh, we had students who, after we visited company, um, they stayed a little longer, talked with the CEO, told uh, him or her they were really interesting in the business. We had a couple of students who actually got an interview during the time we were in global residencies. And we had two students who got an offer, uh, one in Spain, one in Finland, you know. so. Think about global residency more than just an elective course. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. All right. I can't think of a better note to end on than that one. So, Wadi, Maggie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great to talk with you as always. And, and to our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about the global residencies, a um, couple things. Uh, encourage you to check out our blog, Discover Darden. Occasionally, we'll share highlights. Uh, from the global residencies there. There's also a CGI blog uh, called the Global Voices of Darden, where you can find oftentimes reflections on global residencies. We also have these things called global client projects, uh, where students have an opportunity to work with a real live client. This is an additional global experience that's out there. Um, this past spring, we featured two student groups uh, from the Executive MBA class of 2023 uh, that that were part of a global client project. Uh, one of the groups supported Corning uh, in France. Another group worked with a zero waste market in Argentina uh, called Cerro. Uh, and interestingly enough, that, that project in Argentina was inspired by a conversation on a global residency to Argentina. So you never know where these kinds of things uh, will come from. Um, and of course, uh, we'll probably do a session or two uh, as we go through uh, our, our fall and, and spring event schedule about the global residencies, because still a lot of point. Uh, this much global choice, this much global op optionality for students, it is a point of differentiation for Darden. Uh, and so um, both of our executive formats are, are global. The question is just how many how many required global residencies. Um, so, all right. Well, thank you both for being here. And as always, great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. And that was my interview with Lottie Carr and Maggie Nelson, two members of the Center for Global Initiatives team here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.